Hi everybody, and welcome back to Alaska. This is Zillennial Cannon, I'm Kira. In my head, I like, made a wager with myself, I'm like, how much you want to bet it's going to be, welcome to Alaska, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just really happy I was right about that. Uh, my name's Adam, and I, I guess this is the Valentine's Day special, yeah. Like, it's not exactly Valentine's Day week, but it'll be the one right that's before. airing right before Valentine's yeah. So, love is in the air. Happy Valentine's uh, Day. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, this, this feels appropriate, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was looking at the poll list when you asked me about rom-coms, and yeah, you know, I mean, we have some that we haven't covered. I mean, we, there's a lot of rom-coms from the era that we haven't covered. I don't have a lot of affinity for a lot of the movies that are on the list. I think those were a lot of Kira mentions. Mm-hmm. when we were doing it so i didn't like a lot of it didn't pop out so when you mentioned this one i was kind of like yeah like why not? <laughs> sure i i was sitting next to sean when you asked me what we should do this week and i was like oh my god i was like kind of like panicking and i pulled up the spreadsheet and he's never seen the spreadsheet before and he was oh, like really? can i scroll through that and i was like yeah and he was like there are a lot of movies on here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's how we literally started the podcast. There's yeah. like 300 or something. Yeah, that's it's, it's quite a bit. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, with this movie, uh, and, and again, I was looking at the, the poll list. There, there were quite a bit of rom-coms on there. A lot of them I have not seen on the poll list. Like, and I was talking to Victoria about it tonight. Like, there's a lot of movies from the 2000s that um like like there's some like ryan reynolds rom-coms i haven't seen like the definitely maybe uh i haven't seen uh he's been in a few uh she mentioned a few that she like really enjoyed in the 2000s like uh what's that that's matthew mcconaughey one not how to lose a guy in 10 days but um the girlfriend's no how oh well that one too but uh the ghost of girlfriend's past or something yeah 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 like there's a ton that i just total blind spots for me i've seen the heavy hitters like i've seen you know like the notebook i've seen a lot of like um you know hitch i've seen i guess but yeah i'm a little but i I have seen this movie it's but although this is kira a certifiable uh red box movie for me (laughs) yeah i i saw it once on red box via my mom and have never seen it since speaking of moms um this was my letterbox review. Um, I feel like this was, well, this wasn't my letterbox review, but I feel like this movie is so mom centric. Like my review is, <laughs> this is 2001: A Space Odyssey for moms everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. this is every mom's like favorite movie. I feel like is that yeah. just me or? Well, moms universally really like. Sandra Bullock and hey and I like Sandra and I like Sandra Bullock um one time I was one time I was really drunk and I saw a picture of Julia Roberts um and and like a big like mural at my AMC and I took a video and I zoomed in and I was like why is Sandra Bullock on this wall twice (laughs) (laughs) well there was Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts it's funny you mentioned that because the only note I have from the Wikipedia page on this movie is that they initially went to Julia Roberts for this. Um, I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, she passed, and then obviously Sandra Bullock popped in. Usually on these um, rom-coms or like uh, like studio comedies, you get like a lot of lore in the casting history. There's like nothing here about any kind of casting. Like it seems like everyone they tried to go for, they got. Like no one, yeah. no one budged. No one, no one put up a high offer. It was all exactly who they intended to cast. Again, except for Julia Roberts. But this does feel like a very like quintessential like. Sandra Bullock feature like and in hindsight other than like Miss Congeniality or like uh oh god what I don't know if I'm forgetting another like classic Sandra uh Sandy Bullock movie but um I can't think of another one that is this like revered like when I think of Sandra Bullock I kind of think of the proposal a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah it's excuse me it's definitely um definitely a movie um it's crazy that like ryan reynolds used to be a normal person yeah i hear listen the thing about ryan reynolds and i do understand a lot of the critique when it comes to ryan reynolds because i do find his like i find his like internet presence to be a little bit grating he became deadpool yeah, like I, I didn't really like Free Guy. I didn't like, um, I don't know, like the last, I don't know, Hitman's Bodyguard or whatever. Like, the, the, there's a lot of movies like that that he's done that I don't really love, and I feel like he's also like he's in so many like commercials where he just plays like that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there are a lot of movies that he's in where I'm just like undeniably charmed because I think he does have a really good screen presence. Like, he's a very talented and charismatic actor um even as deadpool i'm sorry to say he's very good in that role um and when i watch this i i'm longing for it you know i'm like yeah let's 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 bring him back to the rom-coms like he's good he's really good in this and Mm -hmm. this is like a home run of a performance because like you see him he's such a little cutie in this movie like he this is like prime baby face ryan reynolds like this is like you get it. You, you get the... Yeah. Opinion. You know, I'll admit it. Like, I think he's really good in this. Um, and I'm a famous Ryan Reynolds... Not hater, but he annoys the hell out of me. Um, I feel like I recently saw him in something that... Like... Um... Wait, Ryan Reynolds has spoken about his lifelong struggle with anxiety, noting in 2018 that he carried out many interviews in the character of Deadpool to alleviate his fears. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry to laugh about that. But he took interviews in character as Deadpool to get over um, social anxiety. You know, that's... Yeah, as you do. You gotta Um... respect that. Um, what did I see him in? I'm sorry to just be, like, scrolling through the internet right now while we're... I saw him in something recently that I was, like, he was good in it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at his, like, filmography right now, and he has a very... Was it Adventureland? Because he's really good at it. Yes, I recently watched Adventureland for the first time, actually. We should have covered that on the pod. What the fuck? I just randomly put it on one day. I'll watch it. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I mean, he plays like an A1 scumbag in that movie, and he's so mm-hmm. good at it. Um, 
yeah, he, that's a very good performance. He, um, listen, I mean, again, I, I think he's actually very good as Deadpool. And I think even like people that don't like Deadpool can even admit like, yeah, he's good as Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm like looking at his filmography right now. Like there's a lot of really good underseen movies he's done. Um, the one I always like to mention is Mississippi Grind with him and Ben Mendelsohn, where they both play like gambling addicts. He's mm-hmm. so good in that movie. No one saw it. Like, I, I don't think. No one really saw it. No one talks about it. He's fantastic in that movie. He and Ben Mendelsohn together, fucking fantastic. Uh, the Voices, that movie he did, uh, where he plays, like, a kind of, like, neurotic serial killer, but also he, like, voices all the animals mm. in his house. It's really good work. Like, it's really, really great. So, like, he undeniably has chops. I just think... Um, actually, you know, Patrick Williams, uh, that YouTuber, he did a video about this recently. Uh, it was kind of about him and The Rock because it, it, it started on uh, Red Notice, I think that's the name of that, or Red One or something, whatever it's called, that movie with him and The Rock and Gal Gadot, the Netflix movie. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, and it, Red it Notice. It was just about how both him and The Rock have stopped acting and they are kind of just doing, like they're playing the same version of themselves in every movie and mm-hmm. how that's a shame because they've both proven that they are actually really good actors in the past and that you know they're wasting a lot of their like really good prime years on just kind of trash um and you know not that the proposal is like exactly you know high art or anything but it certainly shows that he has so much charisma and a lot to give and it's you know it it, it makes me think i'm cool with him being deadpool but Mm -hmm. i wish that the things he did in between deadpool weren't also deadpool yeah, and him like, and his own life and persona, he just took it on. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of, it's a shame because he has like legit range. Like uh, mm-hmm. that movie Buried that he did, did you ever see that? No, but it's, I remember it, I think. It is terrifying and he is so good in it too. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. He He's really good in this. Um, Sandra Bullock, I mean, it's pretty much just a Sandra Bullock performance. Not that there's, mm. there's anything wrong with that, but there's not a lot of, like, surprises there, you know? She, I mean, she plays, like, the hard-ass boss workaholic who has to, I don't know, discover love. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. You know exactly <laughs> where it's going to go the second it starts. It's like, you know, this is just a very by-the-books, enemies-to-lovers uh promising you a big promotion in exchange for something like typical rom-com but you know what sometimes that's just what you need yeah i mean that's how i kind of felt about it like i didn't like i didn't like secretly love this movie or anything as i was watching it but i was entertained i mean as it was starting i was kind of like i thought the first like 10 minutes i was kind of like this is a little rocky Mm. like it kind of does have like a bit of trouble i think getting off the ground but once like they go to like the immigration office or whatever um and like just like propose to him in like the middle of new york city i was kind of like okay i see i see the vision here like i okay i can get i can appreciate this dynamic and by the by the time they're on the plane together at that point i was kind of all in on it i was like all right this is this is cute i like this uh and yeah from that point forward it's pretty at that level the entire time mm. um it never really exceeds that but i also don't think it neither tries to or needs to honestly yeah I mean, 
there's nothing wrong with a movie that is completely comfortable being like a three out of five. Uh, and again, a mom, moms love a good three out of five rom-com mm-hmm. because they treat it like a five out of five. Two and a half to three out of five. Yeah. I, I would give this a three because it's like, I, I do think Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock do a lot of heavy lifting. The supporting cast is all right. Um, uh, No, it's not just all right. Mary Steenburgen is in it. I mean, she's, I love she Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> she's not, she doesn't exactly do anything here, but I, I do like her in general. Like, I like all these people individually. None of them really do much in this. Um, yeah. I, I, I remembered, uh, the only thing I remembered about this movie, like genuinely, as I was putting it on, was I, I was like, I remember there's a part where Betty White takes Sandra Bullock to a strip club. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I remembered about it. Like, I knew the basic premise in that scene. That's all I could have told you about it. Um, and as I was watching it, I realized it's one of those movies where I do kind of remember everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is crazy because I don't think I saw this more than once. Like it's not it's not a movie that I stopped to watch anytime it was on cable or anything. Yeah. It's just kind of a memorable movie once you have it on. It's like Yeah, it's definitely one that I caught bits and pieces of on cable because it's another one where it's like my mom would put this on every time it was on. Yeah. Um this also I feel like we can't like discuss this movie without discussing how this ushered in the resurgence of Betty White in pop culture. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to, I was thinking about that as I was watching because I really couldn't remember. And and honestly, in my memory, and like in my life, mm. Betty White was always part of my like childhood because my mom watched so much Golden Girls mm. in the house, you know. So there was so much of it that was like, there's just so much of her in my life. I remember Mm -hmm. like, um, even aside from this movie, like, God, I'm like looking at her Wikipedia right now, like that show hot in Cleveland. My mom watched that a lot. Um, I remember around the same time that movie, you again with Kristen, uh, bell and Mm -hmm. Ronnie Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis came out. And I think that that came out like a little bit after this and they like, the trailer she's not in that movie a lot but i remember the trailer for it really was like betty white heavy because Mm. she was such a selling point at the time and i get i mean betty white's funny so like i understand but yeah it's very strange how like there will be like random comedies where like there will be like a comedic performance that just becomes like the like, the blueprint for, like, five years. Like, I would say, like, Betty White, Zach Galifianakis, um, uh, Rebel Wilson in Bridesmaids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's, like, there will be, like, a performance that defines either their career for the next five years or ten years. (laughs) Or, like, the film industry or marketing in general. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um... Definitely one of those defining performances. I I mean, I think the Zach Galifianakis is, like, that's one that, that can never be replicated, I don't think, because that was such a, like, man, 
I mean, he like what he did with like Alan in that movie, and like the way he like he took culture by storm. Honestly, is like it needs to be studied. Like it truly does. <laughs> like, um, like they still make like Alan T-shirts today. Oh, I saw a, a car that had a, a baby on board sticker, and it was yeah. the baby. It was still. yeah, the car, baby Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I it, that is like the defining performance that you're talking about. Yeah, but you're right. Like every, I mean, I guess you don't really get them as much anymore because there's just also like less comedies nowadays. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, and uh, McLovin also. McLovin is definitely up there. Um, I think you can make an argument for like, would you? I don't know if I'd put Channing Tatum for Jump Street in there. Like he's close, but not quite at that level. Mm, I don't think. I don't know. Um, I guess Jonah Hill you could also put for uh, Superbad. Superbad's up there, yeah. I mean, Superbad, like, as a whole, I feel like it's just, like, iconic. I mean, McLovin's definitely up there, but it's not, it's not just McLovin. Like, I think Superbad as a whole. I just Um, rewatched that last week, and it's still absolutely, like, the best movie that has ever been made, I think. It's, like, the best comedy of all time. Like, it's not even really close. Um, (laughs) it's, it's a perfect movie. Um, um, yeah. I would say, like, Seth also, Rogan. yeah, like, Seth Rogen. I'd say Pineapple Express, probably, for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe even Knocked Up, because I feel like Knocked Up is, like, the archetype of, like, the Seth Rogen character. Because, in a good way, I think he played that character for, like, ten years after that came out. And that's what made, like, the Seth Rogen laugh become, like, a thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but I was looking through Betty White's, like, post-proposal career, mm-hmm. and it is literally insane to me that that, like, prank show that she hosted lasted for five years. What's it called again? Um, Off Their Rockers, Betty White's Off Their Rockers, where it's the old right. people pranking people. Right, yeah. That's definitely a show my mom watched occasionally on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I remember because again, that's another thing. This movie, this movie set off a lot of my mom. Where it was like she got like she loved Sandra Bullock after this movie like all over again. She mm-hmm. loved Ryan Reynolds. She loved you know <laughs> Betty White all over again after this movie. Like and it, it got to the point where like she like watched everything each of these people were in after that. Mm-hmm. But she definitely watched a lot of that uh, Betty White show. But also, like, Betty White just did, like, a lot of, like, guest appearances on, like, a lot of, like, game shows and stuff. So it's, like, really funny that she um, had her own, plus she was, like, popping in and out of, like, Celebrity Family Feud and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, like, equivalent. I don't know. Like, I think she was, like, on Practical Jokers one season or something. Like, yeah. she's um she's all over the place after. Um, and the thing is, even, like, until, like, she died in 2021, I think, she was still, like, appearing in shit. Like, um, I remember she had that whole, like, Fathom event documentary coming out, and it had to be, like, released posthumously because, but she, like, was in it, like, actually, like, it wasn't just, like, an archive documentary, like, she, they interviewed her for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it was, like, for her 100th birthday, right? Yeah, because didn't she die at, like, 99 or something? Yeah, she died, like, two weeks before she was supposed to turn 100. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, she's, um, I mean, Betty White is, like, yeah, are like very justifiably an icon. She's great. Um, I will say, 
I'm not blaming Betty White for this because mm. poor lady didn't know what she was getting into. Um, I don't think, but that um, I will say the the Native American dance in this movie that was rough to watch. Uh, yeah. With her doing that, I was like, yikes! That's um, yeah. I, I feel like even for 2009, that was kind of pushing it. I, there like, were a few things in this that I was like, really? Um, what else? Because I couldn't. I mean, there were some things that I thought were kind of like annoying, but I just didn't like. I don't know. I guess just the whole idea of, like, yeah, Yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like that's a very, they could have gone about it a little bit better. Yeah, very Obama era, like, that kind of stuff, I think, because um, (laughs) definitely Obama era movie that was filmed during the Bush era. View that stuff <laughs> because um, I think, especially like at the very beginning, where they're at the immigration office and they like literally like they just like cut the, the line. Yeah, and then like there's like a like a bit where like they're sitting at the office and you see like a bunch of like people getting like kicked out. Yeah, and they're like screaming. It's supposed to be like played for a laugh, but like you're watching it and you're just kind of like, damn. Yeah, and like, she says something <laughs> like when she like cuts the line, and I know that like it's like she's supposed to be like not a great person but still it's like you're playing this as a joke for an audience that's like dumb yeah like you have to treat the audience like they're dumb with a movie like this and like i feel really bad saying that but like yeah this is for the masses like she says something about like how she's like justified to cut the line because everyone in there is like farmers and like jesus like low wage workers and stuff (laughs) yeah i think um okay i will say this about the movie for a movie that has its entire plot running off of an immigration subplot um while that scene is pretty rough to watch a little bit um everything else is like fine with it like i don't think it really makes another bad joke after that um but it's not even that there's like a bad joke in there it's just like there's just like the whole like aura of that like going to the immigration office is like it feels very like we shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) Yeah. They should have just kept it like the immigration officer like visits them at work or something. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Like she gets subpoenaed or something like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, like there's no reason for it. Um, although I do think the, like, um, the format of like grilling, uh, them over what they know about each other is a fun like trope mm-hmm. uh, especially like if, i wish they kind of played more into that at the end because i liked i thought it was setting up more about um he knows everything about her mm-hmm. so he was gonna easily pass that quiz which i was like oh that's gonna be so cute because it's gonna be like he knows everything about her so he's gonna pass that he's gonna prove that he loves her they don't really play into that at all i really thought they were building that up um no. not to like script off to the proposal but i i don't know that would have been like an iconic like rom-com moment where he like easily passes the test because he knows every detail about her life well that would just be the end of uh when harry met sally no but i know but like <laughs> but like all great movies i know i know <laughs> um but yeah it's like they like forgot to do that during the movie so they just do it during yeah. the credits and they like they fully set it up at the beginning mm-hmm. like when she's like um going like at the beginning with the coffee and when they're on the plane uh, like they bring it up several times that he knows like details about herself that she even she forgot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I felt like that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. But 
uh, what do I know? Uh, this movie still made nearly four hundred million dollars, which is yeah. insane. Off of that's 40 like that's like three hundred and fifty more than Argyle. Yeah, thank God. Um, and you knew I was gonna bring it up on the episode at some point. Listen, Argyle made about nineteen million more than it deserved this past weekend, and I think all things considered. Matthew Vaughn's head needs to be on my desk uh, next week. Um, um, but well, I enjoyed myself watching Argyle. So anyway, um, it's the ugliest movie ever. Made. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold the phone. Let me fact check this. Is Gammy the real agent Argyle? Damon Lindelof. You know. What about him? You know him? I'm I'm aware of him. Yeah. What what? Why what did he, he produce? Why did he produce the? He he was an uncredited producer of the proposal. Um, that's a really good question. I would love for you to <laughs> research that so you can have an answer for us. I yeah, I'm reading that now. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? I would love some uh, insight into that. Yeah, just like him talking about it. Um. No, uh, no. When I look that up, it's just about him proposing different TV series. Hmm. Uh, well, I if I ever get the chance to interview Damon Lindelof, I'll make sure to ask him about his. Yeah. Do not uh, forget that potential involvement in the proposal 2009. Um, Anybody who listens to us that has plans to interview him, please keep yeah, that in mind. Please keep it in mind. Um. Yeah. So I will say. Um, I, I do love the trope of, like, city, like, a rom-com, like, a city, like, people, like, going to a remote town. Not even a remote town, just, like, outside the city. Um, I, I That's a trope I always do enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I, I, there are a lot of details about this movie that I got murky as I was rewatching it, or even before I watched it. I thought they went to Canada in this movie. Um, I got that wrong. They go to Alaska. Um, I I love the like lake that they're by. I was mm-hmm. like, that looked really cozy. Like I the way like their windows like open and stuff. I was I was kind of not to be on Nancy Myers, but I was like gooing and guying over it. I was kind of like, ooh, I want that house. Like yeah. <laughs> like it worked on me. Um, it's it's a nice little um. I mean, again, like all good mob movies, you you have a little bit of like slice of life. Like I want to live that life feeling yeah. after watching. Yeah. Um. It's very funny because this was like my introduction to like those like blackout curtains, and oh, I was yeah. like, I want those. Like I don't yeah. need them, <laughs> but like I want them really bad. I I still don't have any which you would think I would in Florida, but this movie like reinvigorated that like upon this real watch. Yeah. Like I, I think like I like automatic, you. like pressing a button and the curtain. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I really, when they take like the, when they go to bed for the first time in the movie mm-hmm. and like, it's all like dark when he closes the wind, the blinds. Like I, I feel like I need that in my life. I like, mm-hmm. I really need. Um, yeah. I mean, this movie, 
I, like it has like a lot of those like really like classic tropes about like you know city people going to like a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the running bit about um Oscar from The Office. Like he just does so many different things in this in the town. Yeah, that's um, like like definitely a trope yeah. in like Z canon movies where it's like one guy does everything. Yeah, I um. <laughs> Did you? We'll probably maybe cover it on the pod one day. Although we need to cover the first movie first. Do you remember that? Um, you know, are we there yet with Ice Cube? Mm-hmm. Uh, the sequel uh, to that movie, Are We Done Yet? Mm-hmm. Um, has the guy from Scrubs? Uh, uh, what's I forgot the guy's name. Uh, not Zach Braff, but the uh, the funny Donald Faison. No, 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 no. The, like the doctor, like the older white guy oh i know who you're talking about uh totally forgot his name he's very funny but he play he's in the second one and he plays like the contract like in the in the house in the town that ice cube moves into he plays like the contractor the uh the realtor the the, like the everything like that's the running bit of that movie is that he does everything for the family Mm -hmm. and ever since that movie i feel like i saw this joke or this gag like once a year after Mm -hmm. that came out (laughs) and the proposal was that one this that year where Mm -hmm. he um I think the bit of him like being like the bookkeeper, but also like the strip, like the local strip guy was mm. funny. Um, I, I, I think it's funny that he's like literally the only male stripper in town. So like all the women are like, they know Just him horny so for him. Yeah. It's, I think that's a very funny, but um, yeah. yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the thing about this movie and a lot of mom movies like it is that it's not hilarious. I think it's only occasionally funny. Yeah. But for some reason, that's enough for moms. Like, they, they think that's hilarious. They really Oh, do. my God. No, literally, like, I feel like Sandra Bullock singing from the windows to the walls. Um, and yeah. um, also them running into each other naked. The dog yeah. getting picked up by the hawk. And also, um, I can't think of the other one, but like, I feel like those were like the funniest things that has ever happened in mom's lives. Yeah. I mean the, um, okay. So like the running into each other naked thing, that is like, that is honestly, a if, if you want to like fight for the cultural significance of the proposal, mm-hmm. that's a scene you could use. Cause I do like, that's a very iconic scene. Like mm-hmm. it really is. Um, uh, it's a very funny like rom-com moment mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's probably been done before even before this but like the way this movie like plays it out in that moment is very clever mm-hmm. and it's very like you, you squirm when you're supposed to like it, it's very well executed mm-hmm. um, but yeah like there are like a lot of like I forgot like how much of like the movie is just like inner turmoil with like the family mm-hmm. and to my surprise it doesn't even not work like it's kind of i wouldn't even say it's like i i don't know if i would say like it's effective because it's just it's kind of like basic family drama mm-hmm. but there was a point where it's kind of like come on craig t nelson like be nice to your son like you know like yeah definitely like, like it's not your dream it's mine no literally literally <laughs> and like i think it's funny that like the vibe here is that um this is so z canon like okay so he, he wants to be a publisher or he wants to like publish his book and be a publisher mm-hmm. and an editor. And um, he's in the city hustling for this. Uh, but at home, he is 
Uh, he does. He only goes home once every three years because his father is pressuring him to like over. Because like, what did they do? Do they oversee like all the drug stores in town or something? Like, what's the so, vibe? I was trying to figure that out because I wrote a note that was like, why the fuck is it so hard for them to get like internet and like phone service and stuff? Because as far as I'm concerned, their family just like owns the whole town. Like that's they what have, I was confused like, about. Yeah. They have, like, the general stores and stuff, and, like, it seems like you can't really get anything from any other place in the town. Like, it seems like their store is, like, the only source of anything for the town. Yeah. Um. So that kind of confused me. I'm like, well, clearly they need phone and internet because they're in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. How are they getting shipments to the store? Yeah. Like... Sorry, CinemaSins. <laughs> <laughs> That's a flaw in your uh, script there. Yeah, check but, card, but yeah, like uh, his parents are like millionaires, and they're like, "We want to give you this whole house, um, but unfortunately, you're living your dream, and you don't want to own a." Uh, <laughs> well, that that's the. I mean, that's always such a funny trope. Is like, especially when the mom is like. I only see him once every three years because you keep clinging on to your dream. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, very classic, so you can't intro. But I think it's even funnier in this one, the way it's amplified, where it's like, you need to inherit an entire town <laughs> to appease your father. But also, no, like, Dad, I want to be a publisher in New York City. Like, that's funny. Want, want to know how this entire movie can be fixed? And also the whole world? How? Just let people work remote. <laughs> No, literally, honestly, that's, I mean, that's why I, I thought of it when, um, at the very beginning, when Sandra Bullock is like, okay, well, I can work in Canada, and yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, roll credits, like, there we go, yeah. like, it's yeah. exactly it. Literally. <laughs> um, like, this would not be an issue. Yeah, no, it, it's really funny how much of this is situational, just from the idea that it's 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, honestly, like, a lot of this could have been absolved if it was made in 2010. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, just one year later, this movie it was already dated, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, God, it, it's so crazy to think, because 2009, in our heads, at least for me, I can't speak for you, but it, to me, when I think of 2009, it doesn't feel terribly far away like it feels like an obtainable like year i can grasp in my head Mm-mm. but it was 15 years ago <laughs> it was 15 years ago and then you watch this movie and they have like the technology and like everything you see in the movie is just so like ancient and archaic mm-hmm. and it just it fucks with your brain while you're watching it but it also like how do i put it like that's the thing that fucks with me about this because it is 15 years ago but it looks like every movie made today mm-hmm and that's what kills me about it, because it doesn't age like because I feel like even when I was watching movies in 2009 that were from the 90s, they were super dated already. And other but other than the technology in these movies, like it doesn't look or feel dated in its like aesthetic or like its presentation. Yeah. You know, it feels very modern. And I feel like movies have never really moved past this like notion or this feeling. And it's so interesting to me of like how these movies look and feel and how that has never changed. And I like I wonder if we're just gonna always be in this like perpetual like two thousands trance of how movies feel and look. But also trying to like strive for that feeling that we get from those movies without we're too scared to make them again though. That's the funny thing. I mean I think that we're kind of craving something like this. 
I feel like we talk about this like every week, but you're yeah, right. like, yeah. But it's all on streaming, mm-hmm. and like anyone but you is making so much fucking money right now. It is, and you would think that would be the wake up call because mm-hmm. they're really they're literally re-releasing it for Valentine's Day. Not that it ever left, yeah, but they're adding with more, more footage, more footage. Yeah, like I was saying to Sean yesterday. Like, just because, like, literally, like, while we're getting ready for bed, we just discuss, like, box office numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I feel like a way to gauge how well movie theaters are doing is the amount of, like, teenage girls in sweatpants and hoodies you see. Because yeah, right. they're the ones that are giving the money like anyone but you is still completely like sold out with girls in sweatpants and hoodies mean girls completely sold out in with like girls that have sweatpants and hoodies (laughs) like do you know what i mean like i feel like there's an entire row of girls in sweatpants and hoodies and that's how you know a movie is making money yeah i mean i i it's funny you brought that up because like literally this past weekend i had i don't know why i just had the urge to like look on fandango and see how my like local uh, regal was doing with anyone but you, because I was like I think it's because I like read about the re-release. I'm like, well, let me look at the seat map for like what it's like tonight at the seven o'clock mm-hmm. showing. Every seat was taken, every mm-hmm. seat was taken, and not mm-hmm. even like in a tiny theater either, like in a side, like a general theater mm-hmm. at my audit, like at my local regal, like with like a, like 200, 300 seats. Like every row was taken. Yeah, a few seats here and there, but relatively, like yeah, for a movie that came out in December, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. And I remember when I went to go see it opening day, uh, or like what, like opening week or something when it came out, mm-hmm. they had us in a kind of small theater for it. And I'm like, you guys are underestimating this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get that like other rom coms like didn't perform great, but man, I I remember like thinking because they had us in a one of those regal. I don't know if you've been to like a regal recently that um, they have a one of those like recliner theaters where there's only like four there are or less five seats. Rows. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, there's only like four or five rows. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you're watching in a, in a screener room. And that's what they had us in for anyone but you. And every seat was full when I went to go see it. Like, literally, like, people, like, a family was, like, in the first row. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, like, it's it's crazy how much that movie's crushing. Yeah. And I think we are going to get, like, a... Because I, I remember the last time we talked about this, we were kind of, like, iffy on whether or not we'd see the resurgence. But now that, like... I mean, God, now that we're getting, like, fully, like, into the 100 million plus of like box office returns for that movie and it was made for like what 30 or 40 million or something i don't even know how much mm-hmm. like it because i i read an interview about it where they were like banking on it they were like yeah we probably won't cut our losses in theaters we're just going to you know focus on netflix deals and P- pvod sales they already made their money back before even goes to netflix that's insane like yeah if that doesn't change the industry i don't know what does like honestly i don't know what does yeah it's crazy like um the theater was like so full i think we saw it like a week and a half after it came out or something Mm -hmm. and i think another reason why it kind of only kept making more and more money is because of word of mouth big time like yeah teens don't just like go to the movies on opening night anymore i feel like um i feel like they're just like what should we do tonight Let's go to the movies. What's out? Let's go see this. Or um, 
like, yeah, when Sean and I went, literally an entire family just bought tickets, like, around us. And they were, like, talking, like, over us. <laughs> because they couldn't find seats anywhere else. That's funny. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how, like, a movie like this would do in theaters now. I guess post anyone but you, I could see it doing well. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this movie um, that I remember about it was that it... I don't remember there being, like, a lot of hype before this movie came. Because, I mean, I was, like, on the movie, like, space around 2009. Yeah, I, I, was, like, I was, like, watching Twilight on my DVD player. <laughs> but, like, I remember, like, my mom, she wanted to go see this in theaters. I don't know if she did or... And then, like, wanted to see it again on a Redbox or what the deal was. I don't know if she just saw it for the first time on a Redbox. I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But... This is definitely a movie that I remember, like, hearing about for, like, a lot of 2009. Like, I remember, like, because I was in middle school around this time. Like, I remember my, um like, teachers talking about this movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I remember, like, because you're right. Like, there's just, like, an era, like, an, like, a, like just, like, a feeling in the air with these kind of movies where it's, like, co-worker movies. Mm-hmm. And there's derogatory and, like, a good version of co-worker movies. Because there's some co-worker, co-worker movies. Um, where you're happy that they're mentioning it, mm-hmm. but then there's coworker movies where you're like, shut the fuck up. Did you see the meme that was like coworker movies and it was like Bullet Train, Argyle, something else? I don't remember. It was like Free Guy and uh, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot the fourth one, but yeah, you know, I saw that. Um, cause I I'm loving the coworker meme right now because um I saw the one of like the Ned's Declassified podcast. It's like they have a chronic case of coworker face. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah no i mean co-worker movies are like again like i said it can go either way because sometimes mm-hmm. it is endearing because i like sometimes when i pop on microsoft teams i'm like i do want to know what like Lindsay <laughs> is talking like i want to know what she's watching you know what i mean yeah like, like what is mother of three hannah watching right now <laughs> you know what well, i mean my boss at my old job when i worked at the store he is an old man in his 70s and he watched bullet train five times he went to see it like two or three times in theaters and then when it was on netflix or something like yeah it's pretty based honestly um See, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think co-worker cinema is always bad. Sometimes it's fun. Like, I think mm-hmm. Anyone But You is, like, prime co-worker cinema. But it's a good mm-hmm. movie, too. It's a good Well, movie. that's, like, co-worker cinema for, like, when you work at a job with, like, 20-year-olds. That's yeah. how you, like, can connect to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, when I was, like, watching Euphoria, I was like, okay, I have something to talk about with my co-workers, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Yeah, well, my last job that I had, uh, like, before the job I have now, I worked with, you know, people around my age, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them, like, I mean, not that anime has ever, like, fallen off, but, like, like, 2021, I feel Mm -hmm. like anime was really popular around that time, Mm -hmm. and I, all they did was talk about anime, and I just was like, cool, I guess I'm just not going to talk to you guys about, like, shit, because I don't, all due respect to anime, I just, not my thing you know um but but yeah i it's i it's good that like you know there's all these like water cooler things again and Mm. i think um if netflix is smart like if they they're not but if they were they would give hitman a proper theatrical run Mm -hmm. i i I, and again i know that they're saying that they will give it a theatrical run i'm not talking about their half-assed like 
Deadpool runs. Like, don't none of that, none of that shit. Like, do what you do with Gloss on you. That was pretty good. You know, it played at AMC's and played at Regal's. Like, and it I don't so wanna, much money. <laughs> I don't want to drive 45 minutes to a Cinemark just to go watch him, man. You know what I mean? Like, play it in every theater. Give it like a two week run minimum, and then put it on Netflix. Minimum, by the way. Ideally, yeah. plays for a month, but. I get it. It's Netflix. So let's say two weeks, you know, God, they're so stupid. They're leaving so much money on the table. It's so it's in, it's insane to me. I know. Like, literally, I'm like so grateful that I was able to see the killer in a theater because yeah. I'll be honest, if that was only on Netflix, I probably wouldn't have watched it. And I, I love um, David Fincher so much. I would have watched it. I mean, obviously, I would have watched it, but yeah, as I was, I mean, I remember thinking that the second the killer started, like during mm-hmm. the opening credits, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I can't imagine watching this at home. Uh, yeah, even the like, sound. like the sound design in the theater yeah. is like, yeah. Also, um, I think I said that about. What did I say that about? Um, to be honest, I've said that about like every Netflix movie I've seen like in theaters yeah. recently. Like, I felt the way oh. about Maestro. I felt yeah, that way about Maestro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Maestro, which I mean, I thought was very good, but like, just like, if you're gonna watch it, watch it in a theater, because like, just like from the music alone, like you're just like, mm-hmm. you want to hear it with like that kind of you know audio, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, Maestro. I saw like a, I saw a bunch of them this year, like I, because uh, they screened it for our uh, Critics Guild, and like, because yeah, we did that Fair Play, um. God, I didn't see Rebel Moon. I didn't go to the press screening of Rebel Moon. I can't imagine mm-hmm. how uh, worthless that was. But um, <laughs> Did you see uh, May, December in a theater? I did. And yeah, me too. Dear God, I'm so happy I did. I mean, I watched it at home again with Victoria, and it still played. It, 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 it plays no matter what. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm. and also the great thing about when I saw May, December was that I didn't even know what it was about. Mm-hmm. Me too. I went into it completely blind. So to like watch that in a theater blind was like, it was incredible. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, um, I mean, I, I feel like I've been so spoiled, uh, ever since, um, Glass Onion mm-hmm. because that did kind of break a barrier with Netflix theater releases because I mean, Glass Onion's another one where I can't imagine watching that for the first time at home. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I got to see that in a theater like twice. Um, and ever since then, God, I mean, Hitman, I'm a little bit nervous about just because I only really get to see movies around awards time for Netflix. Like, I never get to see, like, their summertime movies. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping they release stuff in Orlando or, like, Hitman in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be there day one. I promise, Netflix, if you do it. I'll buy my tickets now if it makes you happy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. It's What I'm saying is I want the communal experience. I want to see shit. Like yes, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's feel good. Like you walk out of stuff that's like accessible to the modern audience, and yeah, you feel good leaving the theater. Like, cause like I don't know. Circling back to the proposal, it's like there are moments in movies that people talk about forever. Like yeah. even just like the smallest like movies, um, where it's like oh like Sandra Bullock singing to the window to the wall i don't remember what's it get low that's what it's get called <laughs> get low. her singing get low i feel like was talked about like forever for years after that and it's like that would have killed in a theater or like yeah. um 
in Bridesmaids, like any line by Rebel Wilson. I feel like we kind of got that again in Anyone But You with like singing like Unwritten. I feel like that was yeah. like a thing that people are going to be like referencing or talking about. That it's was like been really in my head like, for, like, fun. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like we kind of lost that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're slowly getting that back in culture is Good. a point of reference for everybody. I think here's my my very brave anecdote for that. Mm. I think a big way to credit that is TikTok because the reason why Unwritten has been in my head ever since that movie was because I'm seeing so many like psyop TikToks about anyone but you, uh, where it's like it's the TikTok audio is Unwritten, but it's like here's your sign to go see anyone but you with your best friend, and that's like just these girlies like going to the theater, and I'm like oh my god it's working like this is how you do it <laughs> like Jesus Christ like yeah. bravo, but also yeah. like I'm because like it's like the bit of like those TikToks are like they like leave the theater and they're like it's such Unwritten and they're like you know skipping to the beat of it like after mm-hmm. they're like theater and i'm like yeah that is how that movie made me feel i did feel like i was like twirling my hair a little bit like yeah yeah that's how makes you feel you know what i mean like that's yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i think the proposal like it it definitely like fit it fit that box in 2009 undeniably um i'd be very curious uh every time we like cover like early 2000s movies we can pull up like the box or the uh home video sale stats mm-hmm. you can't really do it with the proposal because i think the dvd of it all or the mm. red box of it all probably fucked it over with those mm-hmm. stats um but i remember when we did uh oh god was it meet the parents i think and we talked about how that movie like literally made like triple its budget on like home video sales alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be like so curious to see the home video sales for this one, or even just like the red box stats or something too. Mm-hmm. Because I bet it was insane for this movie. Like I, I I can't imagine like either just like people seeing it for the first time or like people like showing their friends this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet it was like up there with like Meet the Parents and stuff. This is very interesting. So, this movie was remade in three times in three different regions of India in three different languages. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that earlier. I think that's really interesting. Um, although it kind of makes sense. I, God, there's another movie we covered not terribly long ago where it's been remade mm-hmm. in different. I, I gotta look at the poll or like the uh, letterbox list of every episode we've done because I feel like I'll remember it when I look at it. Mm-hmm. But there are like movies that we've covered where it's the same type beat, where it um they've been remade in other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it wasn't Mean Girls. It was it. I don't know. Bride oh, Bride Wars. I remember was one of them. Mm-hmm. Because that was like a, um, I think it was a Chinese remake of it. I think so. Mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of Zillennial movies that are remade, but this one, that's funny, like three different remakes or something. Um, All in India, but in different languages. That's funny. That's really yeah. funny. Um, although it makes sense though, because this feels like a very like universally like adaptable. Yeah. I don't know, like. 
I could see them remaking this in like 20 years or something. Like, yeah, like I mean, it's like, it's I don't like, know what you'd do differently about it, but. Is it really a remake if you're just using enemies to lovers tropes, uh, co-workers to lovers? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i cool. I You know what we need? We need just something more like Shakespeare or like, uh, uh, yeah. like literary adaptations via rom-coms. Like we need yeah. more anyone but used. We need more um, like Clueless, 10 Things I Hate About You, all that good stuff. Like we need mm-hmm. that. Because um, that's what I like. I like this. I, agree. Um, I like that vibe. Um, I mean, honestly, there's not <laughs> there's not a lot to say about like the plot of this movie because it ends exactly how you think it's gonna end. Like the mm-hmm. moment it starts, you say, okay, so it's gonna end like this, and then it mm-hmm. does. Like it ends exactly how you think it's gonna end. Um, it pulls no punches. I mean, it has like down to the wedding. She gets to the altar. It has to be like, I'm sorry. You're such a beautiful family, and I just can't ruin it. <laughs> and down to the, like the uh, the the like immigration guy, like being at the wedding and being speechless by her bravery. Yeah, like being taking like, notes at the wedding and being like, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I well, let's wrap this up. <laughs> they have to like um, the dad like tries to cut a deal with the immigration guy. Mm. And it's like, what are you talking about? You're cutting a deal with the immigration guy. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Like, I don't know. Like, it gets a lot of mileage out of the actors, but this movie is, at the end of the day, very dumb. Uh, yeah. Which, like, again, all good rom-coms are a little bit stupid, but this one, like, definitely pushes it a bit at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of this is just, like, situational comedy, but I, I enjoyed it. Like, it's, it's, it's such a light, like, three out of five for me. Like, it's, like, the easiest, like, three I've ever given in my life. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Like, I, I laid in bed. I watched it. I was like, yeah, fair enough. But that's, yeah. That was, <laughs> it was I, like, a, it's fine. <laughs> like, watched this over the course of a few hours, just carrying around my laptop um, around the house. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the way to watch it sometimes. You just gotta either watch it in a theater full of moms, or you gotta watch it on your laptop in the course of, like, six hours. Mm-hmm. There's no in-between, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, so, I mean, I guess if there's anything we can advocate for, it's just more rom-coms in general. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, if you're listening, which I know you are, uh, do more rom-coms, you're really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandra Bullock, where's she at? What's she doing? I haven't, I haven't seen her. Um, I forget, like, Bird Box is the last one, right? No, she was in, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, The Lost City. Yeah, I loved that. That was awesome. Yeah, that was cute. That was, that was okay. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I like Sandra Bullock. I, the last time I was really impressed with her was like um gravity because she was really great in that movie mm. um i remember feeling like that oceans 8 movie was kind of a wet fart of a movie yeah um especially given the cast it had but yeah i don't know but she also seems pretty content with like just like not Vibing. a lot of movies anymore you know she's yeah. like i'm sure she gets a ton of offers and she just seems like she's cool with not doing anything right now <laughs> Um, actually, let me yeah. look at if she has anything coming out. Because, um, 
Oh god, I forgot about the blind side. Jesus. <laughs> Insane. This team yeah. is your family, Michael. God. <laughs> I I love the TikToks where it's like uh, the girls like doing that impression. Yeah. Um, and they're like trying to like one up each other on like how accurate it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she has one movie upcoming. It's called Vigilance. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's not happening. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't have to click on it. I know that's not happening. Um, he has no director. Fuck off. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> so yeah, she's retired. Um, um, yeah. Otherwise, um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at her filmography right now. She's. I mean, I love Sandra Bullock. She's great. Um, mm. I feel like the one my mom always made me watch was Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that movie a ton as a kid. Not even like just because my mom watched it. You know what I mean? Like I, I probably know like every line to that movie just like against my will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I to the point of where my mom, when I was like six or seven, she took me to go see the second one in theaters, and I quite literally had no clue what was going on. Like I just. <laughs> I, I like I very like distinctly remember when I went to go see it. I got like we went to Regal, mm-hmm. and I got like a kids pack, and the, it was when they uh, with the candy they give you like the little um the two M and M's M and M's, and like the whole movie I was just like playing with it, like while the movie was happening in front of me. Like I I don't even like like watch the movie at all. Um, so yeah, definitely grew up in a Sandra Bullock household, and you know what? We love to see it. Yeah. Uh, are we ever going to cover was... all about Steve? I could see that happening. That's Bradley That's... Cooper, right? Yeah, I um, I've seen that movie. I don't remember. I I know it's uh, Ken Jong's in it. Bradley Cooper, Thomas likely likely cast for that movie to have. <laughs> yeah, I I remember that movie's like pretty bad from what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, she like won a Razzie for it or something. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Blonde Bradley Cooper too, if I remember correctly. He just has mm-hmm. like blonde hair for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, yeah. I, okay, so we'll probably see San, Sandy Bullock again at some point. Yeah, sometimes. I'm, I'm obsessed with calling her Sandy Bullock because I watched the horrible bosses recently, mm-hmm. and Charlie Day. There's like a Sandra Bullock jokes, and he's like, "I love Sandy Bullock. I love Sandy Bullock movies." <laughs> now I can't stop calling her Sandy Bullock. Mm. Um. I like how she's Sandy and Anne Hathaway is Annie. I think that's very cute. That is very cute. Um, I love a good nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else to say about this this movie? Um, no. I mean, it's good. Uh, it's fun. It's a solid, uh solid watch if you want something to just put on in the background while you're like folding towels or like yeah doing dishes you know it's currently on hulu and i cannot think of a more hulu ass movie yes than the proposal <laughs> yeah to watch with like ads in between because you don't want to pay for like hulu uh, yeah yeah it definitely um ser- services itself um the movie stops and goes a lot so it, like it services itself to like the ads mm-hmm. you know what i mean like something big Absolutely. happens and then there's ads and then yeah um but yeah yeah it's it's completely fine it's totally harmless i thought it was cute enough um mm-hmm. good enough pick for valentine's day i guess you know it had me i wouldn't exactly say it had me swooning or anything but i was i was charmed enough yeah um it was, maybe it was just, cute 
Maybe I just need a little bit more nowadays. Like mm-hmm. from my rom coms, I need to feel a little bit more. Because I, the thing about anyone but you, I when I went to go see it, I knew I was gonna like it to mm-hmm. an extent. I didn't think I would feel as much as I did. Because yeah. I like when they're the, cuties. They're cuties. Like at the end when they're like dancing together at the wedding, I was like, you know what? I'm smiling. I'm, you know, I'm I'm like the girlies right now. You know, I, I got my I'm kicking my feet in the air a little bit. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Like it, so, I'm I really am a sucker for these kind of movies when done mm-hmm. right. So, uh. Yeah, for the executives listening, more, <laughs> more rom coms, more. That's all I'm. That's all I want. Is there anything coming out this year? Any any rom coms? I don't. I don't even. I feel uh, like we won't hear about it until like a week before it comes out. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing too. Not to go back to anyone but you. I feel like they started promoting that so late, and then it just made like ten billion dollars. Maybe that's a good thing though, if it seems like. Um, like you know what I mean? Like if that's working for them strategy-wise, and they're not spending a lot of money on their marketing, because um, I feel like a big issue with marketing nowadays is that they marketed so early, and then mm-hmm. they like people forget Our about it. Our attention spans are all dead. Yeah, I think that's a big like miscalculation with a lot of modern day marketing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at like the uh, summer movie calendar right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm curious what the movie the uh, the Fall Guy does because I really like Ryan Reynolds or not Ryan Reynolds uh, what's his name Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. and it kind of looks like a rom com like set to an action movie. I'm curious how like it bounces that tone. Yeah, it's but also movie. it's what the fuck is his name directing? The John Wick guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which the Bullet I mean, Train hey, John... guy. <laughs> yeah, and Bullet Train was fun. So like I'm. Oh, I'm okay. Fun. I guess so. Did you see it? <laughs> yes, I did. It was fine. I don't know. Okay, well, we can disagree on that the same way we do Argyle. <laughs> but the thing is, Argyle is, like, the ugliest movie of all time. Okay. You can thank that. It literally... It, okay, I, I like, laughed so hard. I'm gonna just openly, like, I don't... Who cares about Argyle? Like, when he, she's, like, ice skating at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, the thing is, okay. It should have just been a straight comedy. Because there were so many goofy fucking moments that if they played into it being goofy, it would have been fun. And I had fun watching it. It's just like every plot point is the worst thing I've ever seen. Every visual is like the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Every performance is bad. Every line reading is bad. Every joke in the movie is unfunny. Mm. Um, It truly, I think I'm not kidding. It's probably one of the ten worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I don't believe uh, that. It's, it's the I don't worst. believe people saying it's the worst thing they've ever seen. I really don't. I think that I people are over-exaggerating, and I think that it's definitely there's, based on the fact that people fucking hated the trailer. There's literally, I'm not kidding, zero redeeming qualities about that movie. There is nothing good in it. Sam Rockwell, who is notoriously great in everything, is bad in it. Like, it makes a compelling case for Bryce Dallas Howard not being a good actor. Um, oh no! Just... It should have been something. It should have been somebody different. Like, um, I mean, I don't fucking care. I'll spoil it. I don't think anybody cares. Like, if you're gonna like make somebody like a secret agent, like they have to slay. Yeah. Like they, it should have been like Jennifer Lawrence. It should have been a straight comedy, and it should have been like Jennifer Lawrence in the lead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
that definitely because she can play like millennial cat lady and also like slay yeah that's that's one way to go about it and I don't know. I mean, I it's funny. Victoria was asking me tonight, like, what I would have done differently, and I just said I wouldn't make it. That's what I would have done differently. Like, I just would have not done it. Well, um, it's really interesting because Sean read the book, and the book is not the movie. The book is just a straight spy story, and he really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said that it was so weird to watch the movie, which he liked the movie too. Um. He said that it's such an interesting way, like, we both kind of agreed, it is a very interesting way to go about, like, adapting a book, and um, it's also crazy that, like, everybody was fucking annoyed by the marketing, and the movie was just, like, the complete opposite of what the marketing was, like, the stars of it were in it for, like, 30 seconds, (laughs) like... I mean, I don't know, I feel like I... From the marketing, I feel like I inferred that pretty... Like, I I feel like I guessed that, like, Henry Cavill wouldn't be in it that much from the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, the vibe I got... I mean, I, I it's the, the movie's exactly what I thought it would be. Just, like, worse. Like, that's the thing. Like, I... The trailer annoyed me. But it's not that I was expecting it to be, like... You know, super mysterious. Because, like, the moment the movie began... Like, I called the twist the, the second it started. Like, mm-hmm. it... Like, the second she's at the bookstore, I was like, uh, and they asked that question about, like, whether or not she's a spy. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Like, uh, they hinted every twist that's going to happen, so you know exactly what's going to happen. I I don't know. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you liked it. I just... Well, the thing is, okay, normal people are going to love that movie. Everyone no, on Twitter is... Everyone on Twitter is saying, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. The people in my audience fucking loved it and they were all my, normal like middle-aged people <laughs> my audience literally like people walked out of my screening and were laughing at it like not with it at it and um the movie got like their cinema score was like a c that's terrible because every cinema score is like a at least a b minus or a b all right well i can't wait until we get a sequel and my boyfriend not will be happy <laughs> i need <laughs> I need everyone to go see it so that Sean can get a sequel and he can be the happiest person in the world. Because you want to know what? We sat and waited for the post-credit scene. Everyone was getting up to leave. When, oh. the, post-cre- when the post-credit scene oh. started, Sean made a noise that I've never heard a human being make before. Like, so loud. And everybody turned around and just stood still and watched the post-credit scene. <laughs> Dude. Listen, okay, the last thing I'll say about this stupid-ass movie... That is the worst post-credit scene of all time. Oh. Like, for that terrible CGI Kingsman. And then, like, why are we tying it into the Kingsman? Like, who gives a fuck? Like, like Vapuvan, if you're listening, and I know you are, no one cares about the Kingsman. No one in the box office shows that this well, Those weekend. movies are fun as hell, so... The first one is. The second one's bad. The third one's even worse. And this one is just, like... And you're trying to try, you're trying to tie it into the Kingsman, which doesn't make sense because half of the Kingsman cast in this movie is different characters. So like, what are you trying to do, you fucking idiot? Like this. All right. Well, <laughs> so something stupid. that I'll say. Something that I'll say. Apple can keep dumping two hundred million dollars into movies that make like no Ridiculous. money at the box office, and I will be so happy if they keep doing that because Apple has enough money to do that. Like. Every year, and Dude, they should do that every year. There need no, and they 
they don't. It's is the ridiculous thing. that it is an original big budget movie and everyone was preying on it to fail the second the trailer came out. Because it's shitty. And the thing is, if no, we do not need to make more 200 million movies when it looks this bad. Because there needs to <laughs> no, be... No, 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 no. But... Apple should specifically be spending their money on that. I think what they should do is finance more like $80 million movies that look good and oh, make yeah, four I agree or five of those too. a year. I agree and, with that too. Yeah. And then not ever do this again, whatever it is. <laughs> That's what I think they should do. Alright. And if I ever see that cat, I'm going to punch it in the face because fuck that stupid cat. The cat was cute. The cat is CGI. The cat is fake. The... Okay, well, his stand-in was the director's actual cat. Well, fuck Matthew Vaughn and fuck his cat. I don't know what to say. Like, I, I hated this movie. All right. The guy next to me when I was seeing it, he literally, like, that stupid scene where Sam Rockwell's, like, just in the hotel room and the CGI cat. Like, why is the cat CGI in a hotel room scene? Makes no sense. And he's, like, petting the cat. And it's CGI cat. And the guy next to me just goes, why is it CGI? Like, just this okay, normal cinema sins. <laughs> no, he's right. Why is it CGI? It's a, like, God. Dude. Why is he talking during a movie? Because it fucking sucks. No one cared. <laughs> <laughs> People were like out loud talking that screening. And I, I knew it was bad because I did not care. I was like, yep. Listen. I'm declaring this a pro Argyle podcast. This is not a pro uh, Argyle podcast. This is a This is an Argyle neutral podcast. This um, is a, this is to be pro Argyle is to be anti art. That's fucked up. <laughs> that's really ridiculous. <laughs> Alright. You're telling me that if you're telling me that if Apple <laughs> gave you two hundred million dollars, you wouldn't just like fuck around and make like you know, maybe I'd build differently, but I would just make a good movie, personally. That's what I would do. Did you see that tweet recently that was like, I am totally confident that I can write and direct a very good, critically acclaimed movie. I just don't feel like it. Yeah, my mutual <laughs> tweeted that. She was I onto something. Like that. Uh, yeah, I she, feel like that. Yeah, she was, um, as always, Mia's onto something. Um, no, I... <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I liked that. Um, I, I feel that way a lot, and I, I feel like... Matthew Vaughn could take notes because I maybe that's how he felt on set every day. He's like, I can mm. do something. I just don't feel like it. Yeah, I mean, if I was given two hundred million dollars, I would probably make something like Argyle. If I was given two hundred million dollars, I'd simply do better. Um, but here's my. <laughs> All right, I, I hope you guys enjoyed our movie fights uh, this week. I. Uh, it felt inevitable. Uh, there's there's the one side that's in, uh, that's pro Argyle, and then there's the uh, the side that's right. So mm-hmm. we uh, <laughs> mm. well, if uh, Argyle two ever gets made, you can pay for the, the debate on the Patreon. Uh, I will if Argyle two happens, I'll go see it. Just okay, for, like, cool. For what debate. if it's great? Well, it won't be, and it won't happen. But if it does, I'll go see it for the bit. That's mm-hmm. how devoted I am to the idea that it'll never happen. Okay. It's, it's Jover. 
I'm sorry to say. <laughs> also, spoiler alert. What what does the ending mean? What like so Henry Cavill's in the real world? Why why is he talking to her as if how does he know that she imagines like makes no sense. It's so stupid. That makes no sense. I guess you're just gonna have to watch the sequel. It's not gonna it's, I hate it. <sighs> Movies are bad. Movies were a mistake. Mm-hmm. After a whole hour of saying, I want movies to be good again. At the end, I'm just defeated. <laughs> All right, that's it. I hope everyone enjoyed this Argyle fight. Yeah. Um, you can find me not watching Argyle. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Adam underscore Nazandler. Um, yeah. Yeah, just find me on there. Uh, I... Uh, you yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm writing other reviews right now, so I'll be retweeting those as they come out. I didn't know if I could really plug my uh, site, but um, I'll be retweeting reviews as I write them this week because I have not done them yet, so I can't really plug it at the moment. But uh, just follow my Twitter, and then when I write stuff, you'll you'll see the retweet. Awesome. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. You can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, on Instagram at The Zillennial Canon. Give us some ratings and some reviews. Um, yeah, and uh, maybe the real Agent Argyle was whoever's greenlighting all these rom coms. That's real yeah. Agent Argyle. Yeah. All right. Well, bye, guys. Bye.